This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Good morning. We are Matt and Jessica, and we are so glad that you have joined us today. How are you today? I'm amazing. This weekend was incredible. We announced to our church that we're going to be starting building soon. Yes. Um, we're putting up a building in Vieira, right off yeah. of Vieira Boulevard, about a less than half a mile from I-95 going west. Yeah. So it's exciting. It's so exciting. And it's amazing because that I-95 interchange was not there when we purchased the land. And all the other stuff they're building around there was not there, you know. And so it's like it's just really cool to be in this place where we purchased the land in faith that this is a good location. And, you know, there were so many other options where should we go further south, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no, we purchased the land and now it's like, if you build it, they will come. That's how I feel like it's a field of dreams moment here. (laughs) (laughs) I talked to someone the other day. They're like, what what does that mean? If you build it, they will come. I'm like, you have never seen field of dreams? Come on. Well, good thing that people are already coming. Yeah. Before we build it. I know. Because we've got a church in our high school, uh, Vieira High School, as well as other uh, three other places to attend church at East Coast Christian Center. If you're looking for a church, we'd love to have you. I'm really excited about all of this fun stuff. You can find us at East Coast, or excuse me, eccc.us, or you can find our Facebook pages, East Coast Christian Center's Facebook pages, <laughs> or download our app. And these are all the ways that you find out about Morning Breath. You can always call our phone number, 321 452 1060. Um, yeah, that's the way to do it. And mm-hmm. today is Monday, March 2nd. We have a couple of things coming up this week. We have night of worship, which is a time where all four of our locations come to one of our locations in Merritt Island at our Parkway campus. And that's this Wednesday, March 4th at 7 p.m. It's going to be a great time of extended worship. And it's always um, just a great way to to finish off your week. You're kind of in the middle of your week at that point. It's a Wednesday night. You may be dragging from Monday and Tuesday. And then it's just like, a pick me up and then you finish your week off strong and it's just great to be together with people worshiping the Lord. And then we also have our East Coast University classes, the new classes, they run monthly. And so you can choose to do one class a month and only do that. You don't have to sign yeah. up for a full load. That's it's starting this Thursday as really well. Really designed for people that work. It's yep. at night on Thursdays, one class at a time. Yep. And uh, so really, if that's kind of you, your full time, you have enough time to take yeah. these college classes. I we also, got- I want I want you to talk about Monster Mash because this is something that kind of birthed out of you and a couple other guys and it's it's just grown and grown and grown and I want you to give the people like a taste of what is Monster Mash. Well, what is that? It's crazy fun event for men. It's going to be April 18th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Wickham Park. I think the website is Monster Mash 2020 or Mash 2020. Or you can get it at East. Nick, will you look that up real quick for me? Cool. And uh, we'll get you that website in just a second. But basically, it's a bunch of fun, crazy challenges just for men, five-man teams, uh, I don't know the cost or any details of it right now, but it's usually about $25 a person. Uh, you get fed, you get a shirt, you have a blast, you meet a lot of guys. We usually have about 300 guys showing up uh, every time. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, last year, Frog Bones Gun Range, mm-hmm. they brought a team, yeah. and they won. I didn't realize they won. That's so cool. They won. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have businesses that sponsor. We have businesses that sponsor teams. Yep. What is the website, Nick? Monster Mash 2020. Monster Mash 2020. Dot com? 
dot com. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's on it's on Eventbrite. So okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so that gotta gotta get there. It's crazy. Unbelievable. It's like un. You can't explain it. Like I've heard about it for years, and I actually went there because I had to bring someone something. I think yeah. I had to bring Leanne something, and so I I just drove around and saw all the challenges and things they were doing, and I'm like, this you got to see it to believe it. I mean, last year Mike Erdman uh, donated just for the event to utilize like two brand new vehicles to yeah. like shoot. Uh, what were you shooting? So- Softballs. <laughs> From the truck, not at the truck. Well, where are we shooting? <laughs> I don't know. I think we you were guys shooting, shoot all sorts of stuff. We were shooting crazy things at people running, trying to hit somebody uh, that was in a dunk tank. Yeah. And so so I creative. Mean, so amazing. Uh, we had monster trucks there. We got all sorts of surprises this year. I think uh, we have large business sponsoring that. Uh, we can mention that next time when we get confirmation. But, yeah, really yeah. excited. Sign up amazing. on our app. Or go to Monster Mash 2020. That's right. And we are in Luke 22. I'm going to read first. I'm going to read through 34. All right. Must say to you, read. Luke 22. Now the festival of unleavened bread, which is called the Passover, was approaching. The chief priests and scribes were looking for a way to put him to death, for they were afraid of the people who listened devotedly to his teaching and who respected his spiritual wisdom. Then Satan entered Judas, the one called Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples. And he went away and discussed with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him and hand him over to them. They were delighted and agreed with him to give him money. So he consented and began looking for a good opportunity to betray Jesus to them, at a time when he was separated from the crowd because the people might riot or stop them from seizing him. Then came the preparation day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover meal for us so that we may eat it. They asked him, Where do you want us to prepare it? He replied, When you have entered the city, a man carrying an earthen jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters. And say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upstairs room furnished with carpets and dining couches. Prepare the meal there. They left and found it just as he told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour for the meal had come, Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have earnestly wanted to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will not eat it again until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant ratified in my blood. But listen, the hand of the one betraying me is with mine on the table. For indeed, the Son of Man is going as it has been determined. But woe, judgment is coming to that man by whom he is betrayed and handed over. And they began to discuss among themselves which one of them it might be who was going to do this. Now a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was regarded to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles have absolute power and lord it over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But it is not to be this way with you. On the contrary, the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest and least privileged, and one who is the leader like the servant. For who is the greater, the one for who is the greater? The one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. You are those who have remained and have stood by me in my trials. And just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you the privilege that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon Peter, listen. Satan has demanded permission to sift all of you like grain. But I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence in me may not fail, and you, once you have turned back again to me, strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. 
And Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I say to you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will utterly deny three times that you know me. Verse 35, then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer, he went back to the disciples. He found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? he asked. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man, who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. He touched the man's ear. <clears throat> and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priest, the officers of the temple guard, and for the elders who had come for, for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some of there uh, had kindled, excuse me, when someone there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated in the firelight. She looked closely at him and then said, "This man was with him." But he denied it. "Woman, I don't know him," he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, "You are one of them." "Man, I am not," Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. The men who were, with guard, who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophesy! Who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and teachers of the law, met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, If I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, 
Are you the son of God? He replied, You say that I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. Amen. Good chapter. So much in it. And I think I I just want to start at the beginning, verse 3. And this one stuck out to me. It says, Then Satan entered Judas, who was one of the twelve disciples. And... I want to share my soap. Every once in a while, I want to share with you guys how to do soap. Soap is the way that I read my Bible, the way that I get things out of it. And it changed my life when I started doing this about five years ago. And I've been doing it consistently ever since. So I always want to share this every once in a while. Um, SOAP is an acronym, stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And so the point is that you read one chapter of the Bible. And so that's why it goes along great with morning breath, because we're always reading one chapter with the intention of finding one verse to stick out to you. And so oftentimes many verses will stick out to you, but there's one verse that if you just focus and you ask God, what verse is my verse today? You know, it'll stick out to you. So I actually did this process. I did soap with this chapter a few days ago and verse three is the one that stuck out to me. So I write in my, my journal S verse three, then Satan entered Judas, who was one of the 12 disciples. That's a pretty intense verse. I'll tell you why it stuck out to me. So my observation is, Oh, I realized in this moment that this truly was not a battle against flesh and blood. It is always a spiritual battle because people are not the enemy. And what my observation of the scripture was that I cannot expect to not get hurt by people because people are not perfect. And there's a very real spiritual attack happening. And I set myself up for severe disappointment when I expect people to always meet my expectations. Because I think when I do that, I'm forgetting that there is a spiritual battle that we are in. And and there's a verse in, I think, Ephesians, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And so my A, which is application. So you ask ask yourself, yes, this is the scripture. Yes, these are the observations that you can make. But what, how does this apply to me today? So that's your application. And my application for this day was put your trust in Jesus, the only one who will never fail you and recognize that people will fail and then forgive. And then P of the SOAP is prayer. And so my prayer that day was, Lord, thank you for never disappointing me ever. Help me love as you love. In Jesus' name, amen. And so that's a that's a real brief way to get a lot out of one scripture. And it's going to always change. It's going to be different for everyone. And that's why I love soap. But I would just, if you're looking for a way to read your Bible and get more out of it, that's a great way to do it. That's really good. Thanks. Um, now... I have a few other things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, one is prayer. Um, basically, Peter uh, was asked to pray um, that he wouldn't fall into temptation in verse 40. Uh, on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you won't fall into temptation. And then Jesus began to pray in verse 42. And then verse 46, he says, why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. And that really just stood out to me is the power of prayer. Uh, I actually just started doing a devotion with a few guys from church on the YouVersion app. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, where I read my Bible most of the time now. It's easy for me to read and keep track of everything and, you know, highlight scriptures. But I also get to do devotions with friends. We actually started a new um, devotion on prayer. And uh, I just... I was just so excited because I didn't even realize because I read this the night before mm-hmm. about prayer. And then I woke up the next day and did a devotion on prayer. Awesome. And it was just about praying more bold and faith-filled prayers instead of praying prayers that are just casual and, you know, almost like if God doesn't answer him, no big deal. 
uh, pray prayers that you you got to actually kind of put your faith on the line and put your trust in God on the line. And I've been doing that more. And I just, I feel like God's been saying, hey, you, you're faithful to pray. I'll be faithful to answer. You just got to keep praying. And what I think ends up happening a lot of times is I will rely on other things. I'll rely on uh, things I'm more comfortable with in moments of explaining things mm-hmm. or sharing my insights, giving you some wisdom. And I'm comfortable with those type of things. I'm comfortable solving problems with kind of wisdom and problem-solving skills. It's kind of one of the things I really enjoy doing. I love thinking about things. I love researching things. But God's just been saying to me more and more lately, I need you to pray. And what I feel like he's telling me, and I I believe it goes along with what you're saying, is our problem, mostly the problems that uh, I wish I could solve, with uh, words, I can't mm-hmm. because they're spiritual problems. Yeah, and the only way to solve a spiritual problem is with prayer. Like you cannot solve it with uh, wisdom and action and insight alone. God can, through prayer, give you wisdom, but He can also supernaturally do things uh, that wisdom can't even do. Uh, when you pray, God's moving on the other person's heart. God's moving; He's moving in situations that you can't think about, that you can't see. And I've just been feel way more uh, pressure to do that. And I've also been seeing just more from the Lord in my prayer, very quick answers to prayers. Mm-hmm. And I say that very, very humbly and very, very just like, Lord, I need to know more about this. I don't know enough about prayer. Like being in a humbling attitude and a, a position of thank you, Jesus, for answering my prayers quickly. But I, I need to know, I still need to know so much more about prayer. And I don't ever want to have this, give anyone this impression like, oh, when I pray, God rains down blessings from heaven every single time, blah, 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 I'm all this in a bag of chips or whatever. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God is putting more and more of a burden on my heart to pray, pray quickly, pray boldly, pray intensely, uh, speak specific things, and then allow him to work. And get on board with that. Mm-hmm. And I just I just wanted to share that now. I, don't... I think it's a cycle, too, because I'm I've seen that in you. I'm watching you walk in that and I'm seeing the things happen that are just like specific things you're asking for are happening instantly. And I think that then builds your faith to pray more, more often, more specifically, more boldly and to be alert. What are the things that we need to pray for? literally everything. And I love that you brought up these verses in 39 and 40, because I actually, when I was reading this, I remembered this portion of scripture so distinctly because this is the portion of scripture that I read when we were actually literally in the garden of Gethsemane. I have such a hard time with that word, Gethsemane in Israel. So we went there in July of 2018 and we were sitting there in the garden where they think the garden might've been. There's olive trees all around and you know, very much, it very well could have been near the locations, right near the Mount of Olives. It it lines up with uh, historic facts. So I'm sitting in the Garden of Gethsemane. I read this scripture and I write it down in this tiny little journal that I just happened to come across the other day. And I wrote, leaving there, when Jesus left the Last Supper, he went as he so often did. And I loved that, that as he so often did, Jesus so often went off to pray. And he's such an example to us, to the Mount of Olives. The disciples followed him. And when they arrived at the place, he said, pray that you don't give into temptation. And 
And so I just wrote in my little teeny, tiny journal right here. I said, he, as he so often did in times of hardship, Jesus knew right where to go, away from it all and to his father, the only true source of life, strength, joy, and love. And, and then I think he told them to pray because the temptation to sleep was strong. And I always wondered, like, why were they tempted to sleep? I know it was maybe late at night, but the things that they just heard at that table in the Last Supper, they heard that he would be given over, that he was going to be betrayed, that someone at that very table was going to betray him. And so then I started thinking they actually were tempted to be so overwhelmed with the information that they just got to just drop you know, to not pray, to not sit there. And I think that that's what you're referring to. Sometimes we are so overwhelmed with the things that we've heard or the things that are going on in our lives that all we can do is just like shut down yeah. or like rely on our human understanding. I think they were probably trying to figure out who was it? Is it me? You know, like all of those other things too were going on in their head. But Jesus was then reminding them to pray. And then later in verse 43, uh, Jesus kneels down and prays. And he says, not my will, but yours be done. And it said, an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And so that's the other thing about prayer. And in another, another gospel, I think it says, immediately an angel came to uh, help him. And so when we pray, we are actually activating supernatural help and strength. And so uh, having prayer be a go-to is something that we're learning as well. And I think the deeper we get out in the the unknown, we're like, we need God even more. Yeah. So it's it's a great place to be, but we have to be reminded to pray. Well, I think this really brings me to the actual verse that really, if I was going to do my soap, it would have been on 32. Yeah. But I, Jesus is saying, I've prayed for you, Simon, Peter, right? Yes. That your faith may not fail. And then he literally says two verses later, but I tell you before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Mm. Right. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Jesus is like, I've prayed for you, Simon, that you wouldn't fail. Right. And then he literally turns around and says, but you're going to fail. Yeah. And then I was like, well, how does that reconcile? And how that reconciles to me is that failure is not based on uh, a temporary situation like making a mistake. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at Peter, Jesus restored him just later. And so Peter went through a real tough time of denying Jesus. Jesus knew that he was going to deny him. And he's like, I'm praying that you won't fail. In other words, I know you're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. I know you're going to be going through some dark seasons. But through all of that, you are not going to give up. Through the other side of this dark time in your life, I'm going to come back and help and find you and restore you. And I think that's much more realistic to our lives is God is saying, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You build your life on the rock. When the storms come, uh, you will not fall. And the storms are going to come. You are going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You are going to be in trouble. You are going to do some stupid things. You're going to regret decisions that you make, but ultimately you will not fall away from the Lord. And I just love that promise that God is praying for you. Then he turns around and says, but you need to keep praying. Yeah. Like I'm praying for the, you that you won't fail. A little bit later, five verses, six verses later, he says, now you go and pray that you won't fall into temptation. So he's praying for for us, we won't fall. Yep. When we're falling <laughs> temporarily, we need to be praying that we won't fall into temptation and then knowing and trusting God that he's not leaving us. That's right. He's going to come and get us. You know what I like too? At the end of that verse, he says, and you, once you have turned back again to me, 
because Jesus knew he was going to fall and he prayed that he would come back and he spoke this in faith. And I just think we need to speak this in faith over our lives and over the people around us who are struggling. Once you have turned back to me, then you strengthen and support your brothers in faith. Like God is going to work this out for good. This horrible thing in your life right now, he is already prepared to work it out for good. But you need to pray. You need to do the work. You need to press in and speak in faith that you will be restored and that you will come back and that then you will get to use this for the good of others. So we're going to take a break and we are going to be right back. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center, Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road, Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. All right, welcome back. We're in Luke chapter 22 and verse 26. Um, Jesus basically says, the great among you must learn to serve. I'm reading a really good book right now on egos, and uh, I'm not going to give the recommendation, but I'll tell you, if you can ever find a book on your ego, uh, you're going to love it because we all have big egos and they mess with us. And here's, here's what they mess is, is we want to be more and do less at all times. People just want to be the man and do nothing. It's like a 24-7 <laughs> problem. 
But Jesus says, actually, I need you to do more and be less. Mm. I need you to help others. I need you to bless others and not be the man all the time and lift others up and promote others. And I'll tell you, it sounds counterintuitive, but if you get known for the person that serves and helps others, that promotes others, that believes in others, practically speaking, you're going to build up tons of favors. You're going to build up tons of favor with people, but ultimately and spiritually speaking, you're going to build up favor with the Lord. Yeah. Like God's like, I can trust this guy. I can trust this girl. And so I would just really ask you and, and just say and plead with you, serve people today, yeah. serve your family, bring life and joy into situations, bring more than you take in every room you enter. Think, what can I bring to this? that would bless other people. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to Morning Breath. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.